On this episode of Resi Week, Wi-Fi 6 is here, Rava moves into wellness, and Josh AI adds audio control. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resident Week, episode 198, Gray Tsunami. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Access Networks. Welcome to Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matty Scott for avnation.tv, and this week we are pleased to be joined by Bjorn Jensen. He is the president of Wired Boot. How are you, sir? I'm pretty well. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much for being here, and we have uh, one of my really favorite people in this business, Taft Strickland. He is <laughs> the dude at Just Add Power. How are you, sir? I am excellent. I am excellent. And that's not a lie. I love you, man. You're awesome. You're so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen. And now that I've teed him up for hopefully success and possibly failure, let's kick this right off with a story that comes to us from Residential Systems. Wi-Fi 6, are you ready? Uh, This is a story that comes to, uh, or is written by Nathan Holmes. He is a technical trainer for Access Networks. If you uh, weren't at CD Expo and you don't read anything ever, you may have missed the fact that Wi-Fi 6 is coming and it is the latest standard that's almost here. It's here. Uh, It is here, yeah. We're we're starting to see it. It, It's not widespread yet, as Bjorn is correcting me. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So, Bjorn, let me me start with you on this one. Obviously, read through the story. There's a ton of information to get into all the uh, benefits, uh, especially the greater efficiency that's going to happen with Wi-Fi 6. They also get into why they changed the names and, and all of that fun stuff. Is Wi-Fi as confusing to, we know it's confusing to consumers. Is it still that confusing to integrators? Is it one of those things that just no one seems to really, I don't want to say understand, but they don't fully wrap their heads around how it works. And why all the different uh, iterations are so important to know how they uh, differ and, and change the, the functionality of the, the standard? Um, I wouldn't say nobody understands it, but I would say probably the vast majority don't have a good grasp on it. Um, and I, I think I say that because a lot of people keep calling and saying, you know, our client wants over gig speeds to show when they take their phone out and, and do a speed test. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's not something they're going to see for a while. Um, in fact, the, we're moving to, instead of seeing those high speeds, we're moving to being able to get tons of people on the wireless network at once and having a reliable, solid connection. Um, things like multi-user MIMO or what Nathan um, spoke about, the OFDMA. He didn't mention OFDMA, but that's basically what he was talking about with subchannels. Mm-hmm. Right now, in the past where you had, you know, the, the, the channel was being used, it could only be used by one device at a time. Now, you know, maybe a frame only takes uh, 300 megs, you know, um, of, of data that, that's being transferred. And so the rest of the channel can be used by another device at the same time. Um, that's basically going to speed up everything for us. And people keep thinking, so it's going to speed everything up as far as aggregate speed. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
overall speed, if one device connects, it's not going to see, you know, the thing skyrocket up. Um, and that's a hard conversation to have with clients that all they want to do is show their friends, hey, look at my phone, look how fast it goes. Instead, we need to try to teach them, and the integrators need to understand this, they need to try to teach them, hey, it's not about the, that speed, it's hey, I'm having a party at my house, and 100 of my friends are connecting at once, uploading their videos, showing their videos, things like that. And as long as I still get those calls with people saying, hey, they're just trying to get the fastest speed possible on their phone to show their friends, I think they're not really grasping what it is. By the way, it was an excellent article by, by Nathan. He's, a, he's an amazing guy. I don't know if you've ever met him before. Yeah. He's uh, one of the most well-rounded people I've met. And really, you know, I, I kind of wish he was working with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and you do bring up a really good point that this is why commercial networking has really made its way into the home. Not for speed but for user deployment, for, for the, the number of people that are connected to that. Taft, one of the things Bjorn brought up was, you know, how you're not going to see those, those massive speed bumps. You're not going to see some of those things that we seem to expect are going to come with every new iteration of Wi-Fi. The conversation that I know I run into all the time is, well, everything can just be wireless now. When you see stuff like Wi-Fi 6 being announced and, and, and starting to ship in some of these devices, do you see that conversation continuing to be that big of a battle or do people understand these days that yes, Wi-Fi is really important and we can get you a rock solid network, but you still have to have that backbone. So the, the argument of everything can be wireless. I mean, we've even seen major home builders adopt that. Um, and the more I talk to people and I, 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 I have, I have two groups of people I talk to. I talk to people in the industry and then I talk to my friends and neighbors who are like, I want better battery life. I want better Wi-Fi. I want it to, I want my Wi-Fi to reach all the way into the back of my backyard. Why can't I upload and download this and this and this? Um, and one question I get is why am I, why am I faster on my wired Mac than on my iPhone? Um, and you know, this is, uh, when I talk to people about stuff like this, it's baby steps almost. While this might be more than a baby step, if you look at, you know, go grab an eight or 10 year old Linksys uh, WRT router, throw it in, see how fast it is. Because remember, we were all impressed with those things. Uh -huh. um, and then if you just do baby steps in your home every few years, or if you pull that out and drop a brand new Wi-Fi 6 piece in, it's huge. Now, I think the biggest benefit to Wi-Fi 6, somebody who lives and dies by mobile and drives an electric car, so I'm all about batteries, right? So it, it, it improves battery life. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a huge drain nonstop. Um, and you just, as I look at, you know, I have a household with my wife, myself, uh, two dogs and two daughters, and they're seven and nine. And if I do a quick, you know, thing on my network, it amazes me the number of wireless things that are on my network that I completely forgot about. Um, so, you know, as this becomes more robust, it gets closer to what consumers expect because the promise of Wi-Fi was way too big when it first happened. And now I feel like they're just like, Hey, look, we're almost there. We're almost there. And this is just one more, one more giant step. Um, or potentially one more baby step. I haven't tested it, but I'm assuming with all the buzz behind it, that it that it's definitely a bigger step than than uh, than we've had in the past. Yeah, it, it's so. pretty impressive. I know we've played with it a yeah. little bit. 
it's it's good quality stuff. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to our next story of the day. This comes to us from CE Pro. Rava is moving ahead with turnkey wellness rooms. If you uh, again missed CD Expo, one of the biggest buzzes was at the back uh, of the show floor. There was a a wellness pavilion, a biophilia pavilion, if you will, and one of the purveyors of that was Rava. They were showing a essentially a, a relaxation room and what they're what they're trying to do is take their turnkey cinemas that they offer to integration pros and allowing them to turn those into a, a wellness space whether it be you know for for yoga for relaxation for just chilling out doesn't really matter they're giving you the ability to do that Daphne, i'm going to come back to you on this one I, it, I'll say that it's been somewhat well documented that I'm still very on the fence about this. When I look at what, what Rave is doing, I want to like it. I, I want to be impressed with it. But I also look at my clientele in Omega and my clientele are not going to start pushing rows of furniture around to you know, repurpose their room into a yoga studio. It's going to be one or the other, or they're going to have uh, a housekeeper or a cleaner or someone do that. Yeah. Is, is trying to package this as a multi-purpose space, theater room or, or, or you know, entertainment room one night, you can watch hockey or football or whatever the heck you want. And then in the morning, you can move everything out of the way so you can do some stretches. Mm-hmm. Is that the wrong way to package this? Well, it, it's interesting because the evolution of multi-purpose, and let me first say, you know, I, I live in Portland, Oregon, and I did goat yoga this morning. I don't know if you've tried it. It's kind of fun. Their hooves are kind of sharp. I haven't yet, that but was, I, it, that, it's on my list. That was, okay, there you go. That was a joke. So the multi-purpose theater room, um, you know, the, 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 the number of multi-purpose rooms that were also a billiards room that had a bar in the back of the room, um, you know, that kind of multi-purpose. And then seeing this, um, and I think it really kind of is a, it's an, it's an interesting play. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. Um, and I do think that there is a market for that. I'm not sure exactly how large that market is. But I feel like everybody in our industry is trying to take advantage of, you know, we can throw out all the buzzwords, the gray tsunami, the number of people that are, that are aging, you know, the, the boomers, the, the, the retirees, you know, all that type of stuff. I think it's an interesting concept. I think it's cool. I think there's a market for it. I don't know how large it is. And um, I think that, uh, I think it's pretty awesome that people in our industry are going, you know what, let's try this. Let's do this. Um, so, you know, if you don't try, you don't fail. If you don't fail, you don't try, you don't succeed. Um, so, you know, I was the guy 10 years ago when people were like, you mean you're going to send video over cat wire over a network switch? Um, <laughs> that's dumb. Nobody ever going to do that. And, you know, and now we've watched everybody under the sun copy us. Um, so, you know, um, I think it's an interesting idea. So it's not something I mean, for, for me, I mean, my, my theater is a, multi-purpose theater slash 
where I keep guitars rooms, where my kids play, where they jump up and down on a love sack and can be crazy. And I have a cheap screen in case somebody decides to write on it again. So there's that. The key was again. I caught that. Don't worry. I caught oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Again. Yeah, you caught that. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a few years. So. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. You're discouraging me from turning our entertainment room into a, a an actual two-piece projection as my kids are of that let's draw on the wall age. Bjorn, Washable markers, man, throw away the Sharpies. <laughs> yeah. I have a drawer of them, unfortunately. <laughs> Bjorn, one of, one of my biggest issues with the quote-unquote wellness room or, or the experiencing nature room is we're not getting all the senses yet. Uh, in the, the story, George from Rava mentions how they're, they're working with a, a lighting company to, to figure out how to you know, kind of map the sun and, and, and mimic that in those spaces. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out how long someone's going to be in the space to to utilize that, but notwithstanding, um, I was, I was in the woods this morning. The biggest thing I noticed as I was thinking about what we were going to talk about today was I was outside. It was, it was cold. Uh, I could hear the birds. I could hear, you know, the squirrels. I could hear the rustling of a couple of the leaves that are still, you know, not fully covered in snow. Um, I could hear a lot of stuff, but the bigger thing was the smell was different. Can we really go down this vein of recreating outdoor without trying to harness the smell? The, the, the smell for me is the part that I, I really have a, a hard stop on. Or is that just nobody's done it yet? That's a good question. I mean, first let me say it was freezing this morning when I woke up too. It was like 70 degrees. And I mean, I didn't put on a jacket. That was about the same here. <laughs> Um, no, wait, it was 28. That's, that was different. Yes. Sorry. Continue. Um, I mean, smells a hard one, especially, you know, in, in Miami, we can kind of say we can smell when it's about to rain and it's weird. You do kind of smell something in the air. And I'm sure, you know, when you were out this morning, there is that kind of smell you just can't mimic in a closed environment, but a lot of our senses can be tricked by what we see, what we hear, you know, so it almost, if, if you get all the other senses there, maybe it can trick your mind into getting the smell. I, mean, I don't know. that That's a tough one. I know those, what, those 4D movie theaters, when you see a movie and then they, like, you know, a little fart spray comes behind you or something. Mm-hmm. That stuff never really worked. You know, the scratch <laughs> and sniff stuff that you'd see back in the 80s, you know, you'd watch a movie and they would, you'd have, like, a card and, it, it, you know, at certain points you had to scratch something, sniff it. I mean, it never really smelled right. It was never accurate enough. I don't know if, if that's ever going to work for them. I did notice in the article it said something about smell. I don't know how they would do that. Uh, but if they can get the other things there, maybe it'll trick your mind into, into believing you actually smell it, smell like you're outside. You know? All about being close enough, right? All right, gentlemen, let's go to our <coughs> next story. The day this comes to us from aviation.tv, Audio Control is partnering with Josh AI uh, to enhance the home entertainment experience. Uh, Audio Control is one of the latest in a a long line of manufacturers who are uh, allowing their products to be fully controlled by products like Josh AI. Uh, One of the big takeaways that I I saw from this was the fact that, (coughs) excuse me, the Audio Control products are auto-populating as soon as you uh, put them into the Josh AI web portal for configuration it does the majority of that setup for you. So Bjorn, I'm going to come back to you on this one. 
one of the takeaways that you know we've continued to see with the uh, expansion of voice control is configuration and and getting the the voice commands to line up with what you actually want to do in that space how does the the manner in which you know a lot of these manufacturers are going down of auto population so that there's minimal programming that needs to take place how is that going to or is that going to continue to advance how quickly people are adopting voice control yeah i mean i think it's 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 almost like back in the day with you know when universal plug and play first started or if you if you built a computer way back in the day and you had to set um what lpt settings irq settings you had to set everything manually and eventually now you're at the place where you just kind of just plug it in you turn it on and everything starts working you know i, I think that's the natural progression i think alex is is really pushing for that trying to make it as easy as possible i mean obviously with the audio control thing it's going to automatically discover everything but then you have to set what rooms you know, in the program, what rooms it's going to be accessible from, that sort of thing. Um, right now, I'm actually struggling myself because I have a Savant system, um, and we purchased Josh, and it doesn't really work. It only works with scenes, you know. Mm -hmm. So I have to do a lot more configuration. For instance, what I'd like to be able to do is, because I'll set a scene for turning on lights in a certain room, because my lights, I don't have Lutron. Um, so I have to use the scene with Savant, and then use Josh, set up a scene using Savant to turn on those lights. So I need to talk to Alex about this. What I'd like him to do is make a way to make that scene be known as a light. Because if the name is light, sometimes it'll run the scene. Sometimes it'll say, I don't have any lights in this room because it thinks there are no lights. Mm -hmm. So if I could tell Josh, hey, this is a light, you know, then it would work. But that goes to back, back to what you're saying is that it's not quite there yet. But I think eventually, you know, through AI and through, through smart programming, you're going to be able to get a lot of that done. You'll still have to tell things what room it's in, especially if it's all on the rack. You know, I mean, it's it's not going to know that. Um, but other than that, it should be a pretty quick and easy setup. If you have all the stuff that works with Josh right away, um, it's really an easy setup, and it understands you amazingly well. Um, and what I like about the audio control thing is it shows that they're actively trying to add more and more products, which will just make it easier. You know, almost like Control 4 is really good at that, is making partners and making stuff work with them. Uh, I think Josh is is one of those companies that's, that's trying to do the same. I mean, Alex wants to take over the world. I'm, I'm all yeah. for it. Very much so. Taft, one of the things that Bjorn was alluding to and one of the reasons that I'm, I'm such a Josh fan myself is the manner in which you can interact with Josh. Um, <clears throat> we haven't fully seen this happen with uh, Google or uh, Alexa yet in the sense of having continual you know, conversation mode. Is that the, the, the real sticking point still with taking voice control from uh, kind of a, I don't want to say a toy, but you know, from a, just a general convenience to a dedicated, hey, we can use this all the time. Yeah. Um, so I've got a handful of voice control things just like everybody else. Um, and so I've got some Alexa product in my house. Um, I have some, you know, some things integrated with it um, because I feel like, you know, the buzz is to work with Alexa on everything. Um, then, you know, I'm an iPhone user and I have been for years. So I have Siri and <clears throat> she's, um, I think she's in some sort of like uh, 
language issue class trying to sort things out because I'm pretty sure Siri thinks that I have a strange accent and can't understand me. Um, and strange enough, the only thing that always works for me for voice control is in my car. Um, and um, with Tesla, I can say, you know what, I navigate to Andina or navigate to Atwala, you know, Cuban restaurant. And I'm not sure how to spell Atwala and it finds it and it knows it every single time. I feel like Alexa hits it probably 90% of the time. And I feel like Siri hits it about 10% of the time. I'm just, my phone just beeped <laughs> when I said her name. So there, she's proving me wrong. She's actually listening. Um, so I, I feel like it's gotten markedly better. Um, you know, initial Alexa had, you know, I don't know what you're saying. Um, and now it's, uh, I feel like it's learned my kids' voices and things like that. Um, I'm excited for the next generation and the next level of it um, because, you know, right now, you know, like we have some lights in our house and I just happened to name those lights poop pants and my kids think it's hilarious. I'm like, turn on poop pants. And then, you know, the lights turn on in the living room, turn off poop pants. And, you know, it, it's fun to kind of show the, the creativity on the integration side to the kids and, and to have a little bit of fun and a little bit of humor with it. It's also great for dinner parties when you ask Alexa to do that. But a few years ago, saying that to Alexa, uh, it would work, you know, eight times out of 10. Now it always works. So I, I think kind of that next level of logic and that next level of database, um, you know, luckily I don't have an Irish accent because I, I think that's the worst for voice control to understand. Um, uh, you know, but it's interesting to me because, you know, I just feel like I talk like I'm from California or I talk like the people on the news, you know, the people on the news don't have a quote accent. Um, so, um, I, I feel like that next level of understanding, um, is going to be pretty exciting and then it'll be even more useful, but I'll, I think what the guys from Josh have done over and above anybody else is phenomenal. And then the privacy aspect of it, which is something that, you know, I myself am really worried that, you know, someday somebody's going to be like, hey, I found out I was getting fired from Alexa. Um, you know, it's like, well, I was just, I was just saying you're a horrible employee and you spend too much money on travel. Um, but I wasn't going to fire you for three more weeks. Um, so there's, there's all the privacy aspect of it and your know, phones are listening to us and, you know, I'm, I'm not paranoid at all. I can talk to somebody about something and then I open Facebook and lo and behold, it's there. Um, and my own test is being a guitar player. I, I spent a week telling people that I hate Joe Bonamassa, the blues guitar player, which I genuinely do. I can't stand the guy. Um, so I've seen him live before and I've met him. And um, he's worse than uh, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, um, as far as like having an attitude. Um, so just not a real down to earth person. And he's actually not that great of a guitar player. I can totally smoke him. That's a whole nother thing. But I spent a week talking about how I much I didn't like him, never typed the words, never did anything. And all of a sudden, my Facebook feed is filled with Joe Bonamassa, right? Mm -hmm. Then my kids say, hey, Alexa, play some music and uh or play some fun music and it's like shuffling songs by joe bonamassa and i'm like what and so there, there's as that aspect to it and i feel like 
we know the Josh guys. We can trust the Josh guys. The value in what they're providing privacy-wise, it, it's like 10,000 miles away from, you know, Amazon and Mark Zuckerberg and Siri. I tend to trust Siri more than I do Alexa. They seem a little less evil, but I, I don't know. I don't know. So that's just she that's, can't understand you most of the time. <laughs> exactly. She thinks I'm Irish or something. So, um, but that's kind of my whole entire take on where we are with voice um, and my excitement behind Josh. I mean, they're, they're integrated with just that power. Um, they're fun people. They're smart. They're awesome. And they have a sense of humor, um, which are all requirements to survive in our industry. But the privacy thing, I think, just really sets them apart um, from, you know, so many other things. Like, you know, my wife's working on secret projects and she works for a multi-billion dollar company and runs patent and design work. And I, I, I don't trust her talking in front of some devices in our house. So, you know, call me paranoid, but, you know, there's, there's that. You know, there's also the first page of the owner's manual of your, uh, your Samsung TV that says don't have private conversations in front of it. So, you know, there's that. So, so let me ask you guys this. Josh, to me, well, an amazing company is one that I continually watch expecting to get bought up. What happens to their, uh, and obviously this is completely hypothetical, but what happens to their privacy advantage if they get purchased? Because we've seen that Amazon doesn't really care about your privacy. Google doesn't really care about your privacy. None of the big yeah. tech companies do. So if if somebody's going to arguably, and again, I realize this is hypothetical, but if someone's going to take Josh to the next level and take them, you know, quote unquote global to the big dance, will that go away? Will they be able to hold it, Bjorn? So I don't think they will. I mean, if, if somebody takes, buys it out and takes it global, I, I, I think that's kind of the beginning of the end of the privacy part there, at least for the fact that we won't be able to trust somebody else. Um, I am of the thought that Alex wouldn't sell it. Um, the reason being is that, you know, we had dinner here a long time ago when Josh was first starting. And this is like a, a passion project for him. You know, he's, he's trying to make basically Jarvis. He's got a long way to go, but he's, he's made so many steps so far. I mean, if, if he did sell it, it would be, you know, once he's gotten it to exactly where he wants to go and he just cashes out. Um, I, I think he's got a long way to go, and I think this is personal for him. Um, kind of similar with me with my company. I mean, we've had offers, and I just, you know, it's a, it's a personal thing. It's my baby, and I don't want to let go. Um, you know, I, I think it's similar with him and I think he still has a very long way to go before he's going to be satisfied. So I think even if that does happen, it's a, it's a long way off, but if it does happen, it's a bigger company. I mean, who knows who, who buys it if they have, um, agreements with the government or with other governments or, or whatever. I'm kind of a paranoid <laughs> guy with that. We don't have Alexa in our house. We don't have, we have none of those things. I turn my phone off so it doesn't listen to Hey Google or or anything like that, and uh, you know, turn off the cameras and our TVs, that sort of thing. So the only thing we, we allow in my house is Josh um, for that specific reason. Very yeah. good. All right, gentlemen, let's leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Bjorn, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Why Reboot, where can they do that? Uh, whyreboot.com.
or our new access point mount on accesspointmount.com, which is a pretty cool product. It's a very cool product. All right, Taff, thank you so much for being here, my friend. If people want to connect with you, learn more about Just Add Power, where can they do that? Uh, JustAddPower.com. And then we're also on uh, Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we're on uh, Instagram with all of the cool kids. So I heard the cool kids are on Instagram. So I'll have to get you to teach me how to use that because I still seem to screw it up. Yeah, I don't know. I can't figure it out. So. I'm old. I've decided I'm old these days. So, all right, <laughs> gentlemen, thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please stop by avnation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of our other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week.